Welcome back, friends. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor gives you college football betting tips. I am said statistics professor, Professor Sides, and you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today, we talk week 12 of the 2021 college football season. And with me today to break down all the action is my co-host, Cousin Jared. How are you doing today after that nice little eight and one week last week? Feeling really good after uh, after that record last weekend uh, and got us back into the black for me for the season. So that was definitely a positive. And the one thing I learned last week, I sent in my picks, I think, from like the lobby of a hotel as I was checking in. So what I learned was I've been taking this thing way too seriously. I do a lot better if I just kind of wing it. So this whole thing, let's just go. Let's let's oh. just wing this whole thing. And we're going to make people more money this week. All right. All right. I like it. Yeah. And hey, the, the model did well last week, too. I was excited about my week. Yeah. And then I look over at your record. I'm like, man, I'm just I thought I was doing well. I'm getting destroyed here. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. how well you did. But all right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, I'll, I'll get the preamble out of the way here. And we'll, and we'll get right to it. Uh, in case you are new here, you'll hear me reference the model throughout the show. So a reminder for everyone that my full power ratings are available in the Google sheet that is provided in the show's description. The difference between the two teams ratings, once you account for home foot advantage, makes up what the model thinks the spread should be between them, which gives us a good idea where there's value week to week. In the long run, this is a winning strategy. However, while it does account for recent play, it struggles to account for recent injuries. So what I'll attempt to do in the course of this episode is explain where I think the model will shine. Also note that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable every week, that is clearly an impossible reality for any gambler. The aforementioned Google Sheet contains all this week's college football picks, We'll also post on Twitter the plays that we add throughout the week as lines move and or we do more research. Also, college basketball season is here and those picks have started off really well. So check that out too. Links are in the episode's description. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, rate, leave a review. We truly appreciate any and all of those things. And moving on to this week, all lines courtesy of Bet Online and Accurate as of the recording of this podcast on Sunday evening. We'll start off with the weeknight games of the weeknights. The segment where if you're listening on Saturday morning, we either look like geniuses or fools or maybe a little bit of both. We'll start off Tuesday, 6 p.m. Toledo at Ohio. Toledo is a six point favorite. Cousin Jared, what do you have for us here? Let's let's start off the week right with a winner here on Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First game of the week. So I official play for me. I'm going to lay the six points with Toledo here. Ohio at the beginning of the season was definitely playing like a team whose coach left like three weeks before the season started. And I'll give them some credit. They turned it around. They've been playing better as of late. I think they're near the top of uh, their division in the Mac. Uh, But when they've had success, especially, you know, the second part of the year so far is when they've been able to dominate on the ground and Toledo has a pretty good defense. I don't think Ohio is going to be able to run up a lot of rushing yards in this game. And when they can't run up the rushing yards, they don't do nearly as well. So uh, I'm going to lay the six points with Toledo. Don't get me wrong. I'm very afraid to lay six points in Maxim. I feel like we've learned that already. Uh, you know, I feel like it's something we knew, but it's kind of just been reinforced here as this season has gone on. But I'm, I'm going to, you know, take the leap here. I'm, I'm going to lay the six points with Toledo. Hey, I, I laid a touchdown last week. I believe it was Miami of Ohio against Buffalo, and they won by like 40. So, you, you know, sometimes you can lay points with the Mac games and it works out. It's just one of those, yeah. you should do it like one out of three tries, not not more than that, right? You should, you should do yeah. it very sparingly. Yeah. Hey, I'm starting this off with a bang as well. I'm making this one of my best bets for the week. Toledo oh, minus wow. six. The model says minus 11. And wow. I, I, I hesitated making this a best bet just because it's Maction and anything can happen. But yeah. Just analyzing how the model has done with these teams, kind of like you said, the matchup, this just feels like a right spot, especially at six, knowing that if things get crazy and it goes to overtime or whatever, you still have a possibility yeah. to push at six. Toledo could easily yep. win by, by seven. So, I mean, the number's right. I think 
you know, it's one of those things where I'm hesitant because it's 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 action, but yeah, I think yeah, it's exactly. the right spot here. So Toledo minus six is one of my best bets yeah. for the week. Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan. Western Michigan is a five point road favorite. Uh, what do you have for us on this one? Uh, no official play for me here, but man, you know, we just talked about Maction. It's, it's scary, which, you know, I, I, I just did, but uh, laying points on the road in Maction is all always scary. Right. So uh, I definitely don't think I'd take Western Michigan in this spot, but man, I, I just don't know enough about this game to make a pick. Hey, I'm with you there. I'm making an official pick on Eastern Michigan plus five. The model thinks this should mm. be a pick them. And as you mentioned, I love the fact that you're getting points. Yeah, at home on these weird action games. So Eastern Michigan plus five, there's a lot to like here. Not a best bet, but just a solid play, I think, in my opinion, on a game that could go either way. So you're getting lots of value. Another angle to look on this one, I think, is the money line. Um, again, a toss-up type game. You're getting the home mm-hmm. team. You're going to get lots of lots of value there. Again, it may lose, but you could afford to lose a handful of picks if you're getting the plus 200 type odds, which is about where this right. one probably will be. So Something to look at there for your Tuesday night betting. And the last one, a much bigger spread. Miami of Ohio is at home against Bowling Green, and they are 16-point favorites. I feel like Bowling Green had us fooled for like three weeks during the season Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. we actually thought Bowling Green was okay. Bowling Green is not okay, people. Bowling Green is bad. So no official play here for me, uh, but all I will say is, guys, Bowling Green, it was a veil over the eyes there for a little bit. Uh, Just Bowling Green's not good. I think think you're right. Uh, I lean Bowling Green. This is my weakest play of the whole podcast right here, Bowling Green plus 16. The reason why is two reasons. Number one, We've taken Akron. We'll talk about Akron. They actually play Saturday. We'll talk about them later. Um, we've taken Akron, who's also very bad a few times on these Tuesday night games, and it's worked out well. I think this yeah. is a similar thing where the number's just too big for these weeknight games. Also, the total in this game is 50. That says a lot to me. It's a relatively mm. low total for these Mac games, and you're getting a lot of points. So it's one of those yep. where you don't need Bowling Green to score that much, and all of a sudden, it's going to be really difficult for Miami of Ohio to cover that number. So it's not one I love. Uh, it, just as you said, Bowling Green is not very good, but it's one of those, hey, if it's a Tuesday night and you're looking to get some some action on this game, I lean Bowling Green just because that's a lot of points for a low total. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Bowling Green not being that good doesn't give me a ton of confidence there. Yep. Wednesday, we've got two more Matt games. Central Michigan at Ball State. Ball State is a short two and a half point home favorite. Yeah, for us here. And I got nothing for you here, man. Good luck to you with whatever the model tells you to do. I'm holding out on this one. This is very reminiscent of a similar situation last week where the game sitting two and a half. It was Northern Illinois last week, right? At this, the game is two and a half. And I was saying, I kind of want to wait for three, kind of want to see what happens. Took the money line and that worked. Um, it's a similar thing here. If it gets to three, I like it a lot at three because this is a real toss up game. Uh, the model makes this about a pick them. Uh, I think Central Michigan is the better team, but on the road kind of balances out. I, I have a hard time seeing Ball State being favored against a lot of teams. They just aren't that good. Fading them has been pretty profitable. So I think Central Michigan is the right side. I'm just kind of holding out and seeing, does this get to three? Maybe it's just to take the short, you know, or take the money line with, you know, plus 115, 120, something like that. Right. Um, so keep an eye on Twitter. I'll post something on this game. And then the last weeknight matchin. Northern Illinois is a one and a half point favorite at Buffalo. 
I had to talk myself out of Northern Illinois on this one. I, I really want to take them. And I, I guess watch Twitter. I may talk myself back into it. Uh, I think I'm probably higher on, on most Northern than on Northern Illinois uh, than most because they beat George Tech at the beginning of the season. And then I had the, uh, we can go back and laugh at it now, but I had the under the Wyoming game against yeah. Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. I don't know, 50 to 43 or 49, 42, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, so I've kind of been higher on them, but I, I was, into the record today and they're six and two in one score games this year and i i feel like that's another reason why i like them they keep winning these close games but i i feel like the professor would tell me that you know winning 75 percent of one score games is probably unsustainable um so my my heart's telling me to take northern illinois but my mind is saying it's maction and you know that their current streak in one score games just can't last so I've, I've talked myself into staying away from this one yeah I'm I'm t- I'm taking Northern Illinois I'm laying the point and a half here simply because I don't think Buffalo is very good I talked about this last week and I'll say the same thing my model had this like weird um, affection for Buffalo and it mostly yeah. didn't work it's like Buffalo played <laughs> one good game and the model's like look Buffalo and then ever yeah. since it's like you should play Buffalo fail you should play Buffalo fail you should play Buffalo fail so last yeah. week had like the slightest lean to Miami of Ohio and I was like look I don't you know Jack was on last week and I think it was Miami of Ohio minus seven and the model said seven and a half or something and I was like I'm taking yeah. Miami of Ohio I think it's a good play and, yeah and he was like oh that's just a small thing I was like no you don't understand my model loves Buffalo that's a big edge for Buffalo we're in a similar yeah. spot here it's it's Northern Illinois minus one and a half. The model says minus one and a half, but given how it loves Buffalo, there's a world of difference there. I think. Right, right. Uh, I'm not sure this is a one-score game. So that look, uh, mm. it's not that it will run out. It's not that this is like right the office hours like right. It's not that we think it will uh, that they are due for the opposite to happen. It's just that we think going forward it will be 50-50. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure this is a one score game. I don't think Buffalo is very good. I don't know why the model thinks they're decent because they are not. Um, right. So I'm just going to continue to fade Buffalo until they actually prove the model right because they haven't proven the model right, but like one time this whole year. Right, right. Yeah. So I guess I'd say watch Twitter. Maybe I'll change my mind and come back around and talk myself into it. I just I just can't get there right now. Um, but I, I I agree. Your model had a toward love affair with Buffalo for like yeah. the first half of the season. So yeah. glad to see that that end ended. Well. Yeah, yeah, thankfully. thankfully. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, the only Thursday night, College game is one that might be a bit of a laugher. Louisville is a 19-point road favorite at Duke. What's your insight for us here? I, I don't know what the total is on this game, but I it would have to be very high because I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. So no official play for me here. But, man, if you like points, I, th- I think this is going to be the game for you because I'm not sure either defense is going to be able to get a stop. Hey, and that aligns with my official pick here. I'm laying to 19 with Louisville. Uh, the model has it at 19 and a half, so it's not a huge model edge. I've been fading Duke lately, and it's been working. They, their defense is just atrocious. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if there were injuries or what it is, but they are not. They have been really bad defensively once conferences rolled around. Even Virginia Tech and their putrid offense just rolled last week against them. Yeah. I, I see no reason to stop that. I don't think. You should overthink this one. I think that uh, Louisville goes on the road and gets an easy win. They win by 21, 24, 28, something like that. Duke's going to have a hard time 
Uh, Deuce having a hard time stopping anybody. So, yeah, a lot of points, yeah. and I think Louisville should score the majority of them. So I'm lining the 19 with Louisville. I'm just going to keep fading Duke until uh, again until they, they prove otherwise because it's, right. it's, it's been working. And then Friday, there are five games. We're going to cover three of them. The first one, Memphis at Houston. Houston is a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite. What is your pick for us on this one? So I, I think you all probably know where I'm going with this, but I'm going to say, unfortunately, you're wrong. I'm not going under in this game yeah so, you, you loved you loved both memphis unders for a while and houston, and houston under. so yeah i, I, I saw something yeah. y'all here's an under right <laughs> yeah yeah no i uh, so official play for me i'm laying the nine and a half points with with houston here um so for a couple of reasons yes i i do like if this number were 65 i would love to under if it were like 62 63 i would still probably pick that it's down to 60 um that's just a little bit too low because you know as as we've known over and over again uh memphis has burned me on some of these unders toward the end of the games and, and houston while they have been hitting the under more than the the over their offense has come around a little bit more lately so I, i'm not quite as comfortable as i would have been yeah yeah the smu game uh, they had a, a game after that where they put up a lot of points but then last week they kind of just milled it in the second half and the total of that game was like 45 or something like that so um anyway i'm just not as comfortable with the under as i may have been a, a couple of weeks ago but the thing is part of the whole basis of me betting the Memphis unders was Memphis's offense is not very good. And guess what? Houston's defense is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, I think that Houston's going to be able to put up a, a decent amount of points here. I'm not sure that Memphis is going to be able to put up that many at all. Maybe the under still hits. I don't know. I've just been burned one too many times with, with Memphis in the under this year. So Houston's good enough. They're in, you know, they're in the the chase for the uh, American West. They're probably going to be uh, playing Cincinnati here in a few weeks. You know, they've still got their whole season to play for. So I'm going to lay the nine and a half points with Houston. I mean, and it, it just something to throw out there for the listener there, depending on what your book offers, maybe a team total Memphis under might be a solid yeah. look right there. Then you don't have to worry about if Houston, and not that they would try to run up the score necessarily, but if they just run away with it, yeah, you don't yeah. have to deal with the fact that Houston puts up 40 points or something like that. You could just deal with yeah. the fact that they could hold Memphis down to like 13 or something. So that's something to think yeah. about. Uh, if your book offers you team totals, uh, I'm in agreement with you. I'm laying the nine and a half with Houston. The model makes it 14 and a half. I have nothing great to add other than I like the way Houston's been playing. I think Memphis is okay. They kind of tend to hang in there with the decent teams, but I think Houston's a lot better than them. So I think there's a lot to yeah. like with Houston. So yeah, I'm laying that uh, nine and a half. I love that it's under 10, right? Once it yeah. gets to 10, yeah. 11, you start liking it a little bit less, but under 10, there's yeah. a lot to like there. So yeah. um, solid play there. Also Air Force at Nevada Friday night. Nevada is a short two point home favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So no official play for me yet, but stay tuned on this one, uh, people, because, you know, we, we mentioned early in the season that when Air Force has struggled, it's been when they've played teams that really throw the ball around a lot. And I think specifically we, we referenced the Utah State game where that was just points and points and points and points and, and Air Force couldn't keep up and, and, and lost that game. Um, I mean, so, Army was passing against them. Yeah, yeah. So that's a problem. <laughs> that's a but, problem. <laughs> but let me let me read to you Air Force's schedule because I went I went through and th- this is going to be a great podcast just reading Air Force's schedule to you. But let me just <laughs> thankfully read. it's not like college basketball where there's 30 games you got to get <laughs> exactly. So okay, first game of the season they played Lafayette. There was some confusion early in the season, people, when I referenced Air Force playing Lafayette. It's it's literally Lafayette, not Louisiana Lafayette. Lafayette. The, yeah, it's, the FCS Lafayette. Yeah, FCS Lafayette. Yes, so yes. they played Lafayette. They played Navy doesn't pass the ball. They played Utah State, lost 49-45. Utah State threw the ball all over the field. They played Florida Atlantic, 
Florida Atlantic doesn't necessarily love to toss the ball around a lot. New Mexico doesn't throw the ball. Wyoming doesn't throw the ball. Boise, meh. Boise's offense is very good. They'll, they'll throw around a little bit. San Diego State doesn't throw the ball. Army doesn't throw the ball. Colorado State does not throw the ball. That is Air Force's schedule to date. I have some concerns about Air Force's defense in this game. Yeah. It's like I said, it's not an official play for me yet. And honestly, if it wasn't a service academy and my heart is just with the service academies, I would probably pull the trigger right now. But I'm going to take some more time and, and try to, you know, mentally get myself in the right place to play Nevada. But man, I think this might be a really bad matchup for Air Force. I, th- I think it is. Uh, I'm going to try to talk you into it right here. I'm going to try to talk you into it so much that when <laughs> okay. this podcast ends, you go make that bet okay. tonight. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, Best bet, Nevada minus two. Two reasons. Number one, my model says four. You're getting a lot of value crossing the three, crossing the four. My model doesn't like Nevada. I don't know why it hasn't liked them all year. So having an edge on Nevada says something to me that there's an edge here that people are not taking advantage of. Mm. Like you said, uh, number two, Nevada passes the ball. They are going to be able to name their score. They've got a potential first-round quarterback. Air Force hasn't faced an offense this prolific through the air all season. Nevada can get a few stops is all they need at home. At home. Yeah. This line makes no sense to me. If this line was four, I'd say I probably think it's the right. I think Nevada's the right side at four. I just don't love it. It's one of those where you say, yeah, they probably win by like six or seven, but they might win by three. So four is a tougher sell or three and a half, four and a half. Right. But at two, the best, best of the best bets right here on a Friday night. Okay. You talked me into it. So I'm going to, I'm going to make it official right here. Okay. I'll all right. I like it afterwards. It's going to, I'm going to take right. Nevada minus two. Heck I'll even, if it's moved since we locked those in, I'll change it, whatever, two and a half or whatever, I'll, yeah, whatever it is when we're done recording, that'll be my right. official play. Okay. Right, you like talked me I into like it. it. Congratulations. You've seen how the sausage is made people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And our last Friday game, a late night one, San Diego state is an 11 point road favorite at UNLV. What's your take on this one? I, no official play here for me. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm wondering if UNLV, you know, didn't they get their first win last week or the week before last? I think this is this is a great podcast. Just, just I, asking questions like that. I think no, they've won a couple. I think uh, uh, they, they did won. win. They did yeah. win against Hawaii. Um, yeah. This okay. Last week. So yeah. So they won against Hawaii last week. I think, and, and yeah, they beat New Mexico. Man, they've won mm-hmm. two games in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, UNLV may be done for the season since they've won two games. Um, so I, I definitely would not be uh, betting on UNLV this game. I know it's 11 points, but man, uh, you know, season made for them. Two wins. Congratulations. Good job, UNLV. Uh, but yeah, there's no way. And a handful of covers in that stretch too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which matters for they know about this stuff, right? Living out, out in Las Vegas. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm laying the 11 with San Diego State. The model thinks 16 and a half. I, I don't know about San Diego. You, you, you got San Diego State. You got Fresno State. You got Nevada. You got Boise. And yep. you could kind of throw those teams in a hat. And I couldn't tell you who is better, who's going to win. In fact, when those teams have played each other, I think I'm like one in 12 or something. Wow. It, it, it's probably not that bad, but it feels that bad because yeah. I don't I don't know those teams, how they interact with each other. I'm always on the wrong side of them, but they're all, here's what I, here's what I do know. I do know they're all good. 
I do know they're mm. all somewhat interchangeable and I know they're yeah. all much, much better than UNLV. <laughs> and so I yeah. have no problem laying a number short of two touchdowns, even though it's on the road here. This reminds me of, of several weeks ago, we had this game and you took UNLV against Nevada, right? And I laid the points with Nevada and Nevada just ran away from it. It's the same thing. The, the Nevadas of the world, the San Diego States of the world, the Fresno States of the world are in a different class than UNLV. This line doesn't make yep. any sense to me. Uh, unless San Diego State has their whole offensive line out or something. They should just be able to run the ball all over UNLV. So yeah, I like laying yeah. the 11 points here. Yeah, so we'll, we'll tease it later. I'll tease it now. Later on the podcast, you'll find an, another team that I've added to my list of teams I'm done with. Um, oh, okay. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say that there are many of those Mountain West teams because of exactly what you said. As soon as yeah. we think we know something, yeah. we don't know anything. Yeah. There's many Mountain West teams that are this close to being on the I'm done with list. I, well, I feel like, I feel like with, the, with the, the, the four teams I, I named, I'm done with them when they play each other. Because I don't okay, know, but okay, did they play the yeah. bad teams? It's like, sure, fine, they can beat those teams, but yeah, against each other, I have no clue what's happening with them. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, that wraps us up for the weeknight games of the weeknights, and now we'll move on to Saturday. We'll start off with the games you care about, these are the games you don't want to miss. We'll start off Michigan State at Ohio State, two nine and one teams, not completely a conference championship game spot on the line which is kind of crazy to think about with two nine and one teams this late yeah. in the season but just a whole lot of chaos going in over there going on over there and uh, more games next week so it's not win and get in but it is a huge game to determine who plays for that big 10 championship game here uh, ohio state is a large 19 point home favorite yeah 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 yeah, that's a that's a big number. So that's a big number. We'll have, I, we'll have all that's a big number segment later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but this is a big this number. is a big number too for, for a game is. you care about. This is this is a really exactly big this so, is the biggest number we've had in this segment all year. Yeah. So I, I haven't talked to you about this. I assume yeah. that the models on Michigan State. Oh, um yeah. I, I just I, I'm worried that Ohio State is – they had the game against Nebraska a, a couple of weeks ago. I, I have no idea what to make of Ohio State. They had the game against Nebraska a couple of weeks ago. I thought they were going to blow Nebraska out of the water. Didn't happen. Close game. Last week they're playing Purdue. It's like this is Purdue's bag, like just, just ruining team season. They beat Iowa, and then, you know, they beat Michigan State and everything. I'm thinking Purdue's going to play another close game, and they blow them out. I have no idea what to make of Ohio State. I feel like this game is going to be either within, like, a field goal or it's going to be, like – 28 points. I don't know if there's going to be an in-between. So this is a big stay away for me. Uh, but man, that that just seems like a lot of points against a Michigan State team that's covered like crazy for the most part this season. This is way too many points. This is a best bet for me, Michigan State plus 19. I, I, I know Ohio State is very good. I There are a lot of models out there. My, mine kind of ping pong around Ohio State and Alabama, who the second best team is. But there's a lot of models out there that are going to say Ohio State's the second best team in the, in the country. I, I, I don't have any problem with that. But there's not a world that you can convince me that even if you give three points for home field for Ohio State, there's no world you can convince me that Ohio State is 16 points better than Michigan State. Like, I, you can't. This just, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. The model thinks it should be 13. Even if it was 17, I would have said, that's a little high. I probably still think Michigan State's the right side. But 17 is at least a little more believable. But getting the win, if it lands 17 or 18, 
this is just a stupid high number for me. So like I said, best bet Michigan State plus 19. This is a situation where if you're in Vegas and you're playing blackjack and you got two fives on a six, you double down. You don't yeah. love it because you never really know what's going to happen. You'd rather have, you know, uh, or, yeah, you'd rather have the six and the five rather than the two fives, right? But it's one of those things yeah. where you just, you get more money down and you say in the long run, this is going to be a successful play. And that's how I feel about this game. In the, yeah. the Ohio State might win this game by 42. The dealer on that six may pull a five and a face card and you may get hosed, right? Yeah. But yeah. in general, I think this is one of those where there's a lot of, Michigan State could win this game. There's a lot of times Michigan State's going to lose this game by three or seven or 10 or 14, or there's a lot of numbers there they can yeah. lose by. Yeah. 19 just is way too high for me. Yeah, that, so uh, many places I want to go with that. Number one, that was a great analogy <laughs> considering where I was last weekend. Uh, yeah, right, uh, right. And, and, and I think even better to, you know, you saying, you know, the multiple key numbers that you're crossing there. You said that you would double down on 10 with a six. I would double down on a nine with a six. I may double right. down with eight on a six. So I don't think you should um, own an eight. That's you know, not, not good advice for our listeners. <laughs> but yeah, but you're, but, in, you're in Vegas. But anyway, that's not that's true. This that's true. Nine on a six is fine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, is a, this isn't a blackjack podcast. Um, <laughs> so, but, but the other thing, and I don't want to get us too far off topic here, but you mentioned, you know, Ohio State being number two, but I feel like we still haven't really gotten down to why your model likes Michigan State so much more than seemingly <laughs> everybody else. Because I think that's the key, not necessarily Ohio State being number two, but why does your model love Michigan State? And we've talked about that a bunch of times. We don't have to rehash it here, but I think that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, and that's, and that's a good point. My model is kind of reacting off of, you have to find the right balance between how well a team, you know, is playing on each individual play and how, and if they're getting results or not. And to some extent, I don't think you want to throw one completely out or only focus on one. My model is trying to do a little bit of both. It's trying to say the, the models that have Michigan State a little bit lower are looking at some of the advanced metrics and saying they're getting a little bit lucky here and there, et cetera. I, I don't disagree with that, but trying to find the right balance of how well they're playing, but also the fact that they keep covering, you know, this isn't a situation where we've got like baseball, we've got 162 games where we're right. trying to peg everything exactly perfect because they keep covering for the most part, you know, they, they lost to Purdue, but then they covered again last week against Maryland. So my model's kind of saying, Hey, they keep getting us to the window why are we going to penalize them where other people yeah. are penalizing because they're not maybe they're not doing this little thing right or this little thing or my model sees that you know it knows that a little bit but for the most part um it's giving them a little bit of a boost more than other models are just because it's saying yeah. they keep covering so why are why are we going to hold that against them so right and, and that's the other thing too just to take note even the most pessimistic models against michigan state i think don't make this more than much more than like two touchdowns like i don't see how, I think maybe the most pessimistic I've seen might be 17 or something again and that mm. I can kind of buy 17 I just can't yeah. buy 19, 19 right insane. right okay um, uh, moving on to the team that beat Ohio State Oregon at Utah Utah you know Oregon's number three in the playoff right or four in the playoff or whatever yeah. that's coming out maybe by the time you listen to this I'm, I'm gonna guess out. they're not number three in Vegas not number three in Vegas most power <laughs> ratings have them in the 20s or so low you know low wow. 20s uh and and that shows here Utah at home but Utah is a three-point home favorite you know against a team that's supposed to make the playoff at this point yeah yeah so if this goes below a field goal I might be jumping on Utah here um th my thing with Utah is 
there is like a definitive point in their season when things change. They made the quarterback change and they have been a different team since they made that quarterback change. I know I've hit that like probably the fast past five weeks. I've said something about that. Yep. Oregon is the exact opposite. There's like they they have the win against Ohio State as like the defining point of their season, but everything else has been just like all over the map the whole season. I have no idea what I'm going to get from them. So I feel really good about what I'm going to get from Utah. Uh, three is just to, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. If I could get value under three, I think that would be great. Um, so it's a stay away from me for right now. If this goes below three, then I, I may be looking at Utah play. I'm playing Oregon plus three, and here's why. There's there's two reasons. Number one, I don't know. I'm kind of like you. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. It should be close. I'm getting a field goal. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of value there. Um, yep. Exact same easily. reason why I don't want to lay a field goal. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So it, it could be a field goal game, and then if Oregon wins that field goal game, I win. If they uh, lose that field goal game, I get a push. This also feels like one of those wonky games where there might be extra field goals or something screwy happening in one of those, yep. like, 25 to 23 games where you're like how did the score end up there yeah um yeah. and so it could easily again I'm, I'm getting three i think there's value there but the the second thing that i, I want to touch on here and it, is that oregon we've talked about this a lot right doesn't put away teams they really struggle with i should beat this team by 20 or 25 or 30 and they win close, but they play better against tougher opponents. How much of that is real? I don't really know. But here's what I will say is that the model is averaging all of those outcomes together. And I think the model is kind of penalizing Oregon for the fact that they Mm. didn't play very well against Fresno State in week one when Mm. Fresno State already had a game under their belt and Fresno State was a team that they were supposed to roll over at home. They kind of walk through that game. The model's rightfully penalizing for that. Yep. The model's penalizing for them for that Friday night game. I don't remember who they played. Uh, it was some number that I, I laid a big number and I, I texted you and how I was regretting it, at, you know, in the first quarter. Yep. And the model is rightfully penalizing them for that. That's why they're not one of the top four teams in the country. They're not one of the top 10 teams in the country, but they aren't going to have that issue here against Utah. They're going to go out with everything they have. And so it's one of those things where I don't have differential ratings, but if I were to have two sets of ratings and kind of say, this is your ceiling, this is your floor. Some teams would be a lot closer to each other, but Oregon's ceiling is a lot, the, the, the discrepancy between their ceiling and floor is pretty high in my opinion. Yeah. And so, yeah. And if it makes you feel any better, Andy Staples has said the same thing on his podcast before. He says he doesn't worry about Oregon in big games. He worries about Oregon when they're playing Stanford. He worries about them when they're playing Arizona or somebody like that. He doesn't worry about them when they're playing, you know, a rivalry game like Oregon State or, you know, playing a big game like this against Utah. So uh, it kind of backs up what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen way more of, of Oregon than I probably would care to at this point, but that's exactly right. how I feel about them. It's that said that I think they for sure will win. I'm just saying I don't worry about them falling flat. I think they're going to come out and play well. So I think I think Oregon is going to overperform the model's expectation for them. So the model makes us two and a half. So it puts it right around that field goal number. But I think Oregon can overperform that. And I just think there's a lot of value getting to three. So as long as the number hangs at three, I think it's a solid play. So official pick for me, Oregon plus three. If it drops below three, I don't think I'm playing Utah. I'm not, I'm not advising a play on Utah. Um, but I, I, I don't like it as much because obviously Utah could easily win by a field goal, but I just, I think Oregon's got a better chance here than most people are giving them credit for because people look at Oregon and think about how crappy they've looked against bad teams, Yeah. but they, they do play better against the better teams, whether that's real or not. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of the playoff, a team whose playoffs hopes were basically completely torn apart this last weekend. Oklahoma is a six and a half point home favorite against Iowa State. We have for us on this one. I was hoping we were go- doing a good, bad, and best this week. Because my best was going to be thank you, Baylor, for getting Oklahoma <laughs> out of the playoff discussion. So, so yeah, that's that's where I was at. So, uh, no play for me on this right now. You know, I usually take more time to do some research on totals. Uh, if I'm going to play anything in this game, uh, you know, as long as it stays above 58, I might consider playing an under here. Um, obviously, like Oklahoma's offense, when they're good, they're good. But man, when they're bad, they uh, they that got some issues for sure. Um, so so no play for me as of yet. But I'm I'm eyeing the under on this one. And you know, you always hear that the dog and the under are correlated. So it kind of lines up with where my head is here. I am taking the six and a half with Iowa State. This game. I know that it's in Norman, but this feels a lot like last week's game against Baylor for Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Baylor and Iowa State are relatively similar, and, and they, they do have some differences. I'm not here to dive into all those X's and O's, but in general, they're pretty similar. Iowa State, uh, Iowa State's defense is relatively close to Baylor in terms of how good they are, and that was the thing we talked about last week with Oklahoma Baylor was that Oklahoma hadn't faced a defense anywhere near as good as Baylor all season. And they really struggled to move the ball. I think they're going to struggle to move yep. the ball again this week against Iowa state. So I think getting yep. six and a half is a lot of value. Obviously you'd love seven just to keep yourself a little bit more protection there. Yep. But I think Iowa state keeps this game close. I don't know if they can go into Norman and get the win. That seems like a taller task, but there is always the possibility that the quarterback situation for Oklahoma just completely blows up. I don't know how uh, Caleb Williams' hand is going to be after being stepped on and having to come out, not looking good. You just don't know how that's going to affect him, how it's going to affect him in practice. Uh, they put Rattler back in, and the announcers are talking about how Rattler should do better because of blah, 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 blah. And the whole, I don't you know, reasons, right? But yeah. the, the, the whole offense struggled. And it's, it's not to say anything about, um, you know, Lincoln Riley is a great offensive mind, but sometimes as we talked about, as we've talked about all year with Clemson, it's just, you don't have it that year. Right. Yep. And yep. Oklahoma's, exactly offense, Oklahoma's offense, I just don't know if they really have it. And they were able to kind of smoke and mirror some of that playing some really bad defenses at times. Yep. Uh, but now that they're to the part of the schedule, Baylor, Iowa state, Oklahoma state playing these, the three best defenses at the conference, it might get a little tricky for them to put up points. Uh, yeah. So preview of next week, I'm ready for Bedlam people. I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. ready for that game. There could be like a decade of angst being released in that game. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We have to talk to Jack about that one. Uh, yeah. The, the problem is I think Oklahoma state fans are just so beaten down from all the, all the hopes that they were going to have to win that game. For sure. Uh, but yes, that one should be a, a really fun one. So yeah. Official play for me, Iowa state plus six and a half there in Norman. Uh, and moving on to the team that beat Oklahoma Baylor is on the road at Kansas State, a pick'em. Uh, you have you have anything for us on this one? Haven't uh, brought this one out recently that I can remember, but this line stinks. So I was expecting it to be like Baylor by a field goal, Baylor by four, or something like that. Especially coming off the the win against Oklahoma, I have I am. Uh, at a loss for words as to why this this is a pick em. um with that being said you know just like always when you see these weird lines it's kind of like what do the odds makers know that i don't and that's kind of what's holding me back here um well that's the number one thing holding me back it makes me just think reflect you know just reflex i should i should back kansas state here because why why is this line set the way it is uh the other reason i'm i'm waiting on this one is 
I, I like the under. The, what I'm seeing right now, 49, 49 and a half, something like that. I think that would be a good play as well. Um, I'm probably going to have a play on this game. I've just got to make up my mind what I'm like more. Um, but man, this line smells fishy to me. I, I think we talked about some team totals earlier. I think Kansas State team total under makes a lot of sense. You're probably going to mm-hmm. be looking at about 24 and a half. I don't see a way that Kansas State scores more than 24 and a half in this game. I think if they win, it'll be really low scoring. And I think if anybody's going to score some points, it'll be Baylor. I don't know if they will necessarily, but if anybody's going to get to 35 or 40 and just kill the under by themselves, it's Baylor. Mm. Um, I can kind of explain that for you a little bit. And this is the, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into this, but the, the, the challenging part for me eyeing my model all season and trying to figure out we already talked about it a lot already this episode right it it had that weird affair with buffalo and trying to figure Mm -hmm. out as early as possible this was wrong ignore that or it really didn't like nevada and figure out it's wrong and the model nails a lot of teams and it's really well with a lot of teams but there's always a few and the models liked baylor all year i think it's backed them in every game all but one game and that's yes i am a baylor alum has nothing to do with it i don't code anything in like that there's no anything about how that plays out is just a, a, a side effect of yeah. randomness. It was going to tell yeah. random election team, right? Well, yeah, well, unfortunately I accused you of putting that in when you had Baylor number one in college basketball last year. Right. Uh, right. I remember that. All, that all and then they won the national. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, of course, uh, but, but sometimes you look at the model and you say it's just missing something and I don't know what it's missing, but it's, it's not, it, it you can't capture everything with numbers. We try to do the best we can, but we can't. But sometimes when you see these discrepancies week after week after week, you look at it and you and you look at, are they outperforming the model? Baylor's team that's consistently, uh, I think the model has pegged Baylor better than, than the books have. The Baylor's more performing closer to the model's expectation week in, week out than they are the book's expectation. So the answer to the question there of why is this line not higher? My, my model makes this Baylor minus three, which is exactly what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a more accurate line. The books just haven't given Baylor the respect. They had an awful season last year. I don't know if that's weighing yeah. on them. Uh, but I, I think this is just another situation. And Baylor hasn't covered every game, but they've covered way more than they haven't covered. So I think if yep. you just been if you if you looked at the model all season and said it likes Baylor, there's a reason why it likes Baylor. It just played them every week. You'd be profitable. So I think the same thing holds this week. I'm picking Baylor official pick, Baylor at the pick'em at Kansas State. It's not a best bet for me specifically because Kansas State is a very difficult place to play. It's one yeah. of the uh, maybe 15 or so places in my uh, system that I use three points for home field instead of the standard two and a half because it is a very difficult place to play. And so that's even coded in here. So I still think Baylor's six points better than Kansas State, but knowing how difficult it is to play there, I can't make this a best bet. Yeah, and and the full uh, home field advantage for Kansas State, that passes the eye test for two guys that have watched a lot of Big 12 football in their life. It passes the eye test. It does. It does, yeah. And I've actually been there once. I saw a Baylor play there uh, several years ago, and it's it's a very difficult place to play. so yeah, official pick Baylor at a pick for me there. And then the last one for games you care about, SMU at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a 12 and a half point home favorite. And before I give you the floor on this one, Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> Jack I and I discussed Cincinnati a little bit last week and they, they kind of did it again this last week. I, I, I yeah. backed them on Friday and I said, 
they're way better than South Florida. Style points aside, they're going to be able to go out and do their thing. I tweeted about this. They were outside of the number, and then South Florida scored, and then they were an inch away from being outside of the number again, and and they were right there, and they just couldn't do it. They still are in the last month now lacking that big, impressive victory. Last week was better, I guess than before yeah. but still not convincing because south florida is really bad yeah what's your take on uh, this one yeah so man no official play for me here but just with how cincinnati has looked lately you know smu is one of the few teams i think that cincinnati's going to play where they could put up some points on cincinnati i have no idea what's going to happen in this game but if there's a place where it's you know out of all the games that you've looked at you, you've mentioned putting up style points this may be the one where you say it's, it might be tough for cincinnati to get a lot of style points in this one and, and i'm sure i'm going to put you on the spot here i'm curious what your opinion is on this is this a situation that's maybe similar to oregon and that cincinnati played really well against Indiana, who of course has now fallen apart and they're on their 18th quarterback, played really well against Notre Dame, getting yeah. some of the hype, and then maybe is falling <sighs> flat against weaker teams. Is, is, do you think there's any of that possibility? Because that line of thinking didn't lead you to believe now that they're playing good teams, then they're going to come out and show their might and they win this game by 21, right? Is that possible? So I think Cincinnati's in the place where they're not being judged against teams like SMU. To me, their Super Bowl was Notre Dame. Like mm-hmm. that was, yeah, that was they, they had they had like the kind of the pregame for Notre Dame. They had uh, Indiana, Indiana, the and they had Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame was it. Like um, they could, in my opinion, in the eyes of the playoff committee, they could beat SMU by like forty-five points, and I'm not sure it would do anything. That one victory over Notre Dame is going to do way more than any amount of points they could score on, on SMU. So I, yes, I, I mostly agree with what you're saying, but I just feel like Notre Dame was so high up there and they're looking to measure themselves against power five teams. And if it's not a power five team, I'm just not sure they can kind of get to that level. Yeah. 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 I I don't know what to make of Cincinnati. It's a pass for me. The model makes us 12. So there's no model edge. I see no edge with my eyes. Uh, I've seen a lot of the Cincinnati team. They've been really frustrating. I don't know what to make of them. I I think anything's on the table. They could lose this game, even at home. And I I don't think I'd be surprised the the way they've played the last month. Yeah. Uh, They could go out and win by 21, 24, 28. And I don't think I'd be surprised either because I think when you look at just how good the Cincinnati team can be. They're talking about the ceiling and floor difference. Their ceiling is really high up there. Yep. Um, but man, if they play at all like they played the last month, they're going to really struggle against an SMU team that is much better than any of those teams. So yep, I don't sure. know what to make of that one. I'll be, I'm really interested to see, but I, I can't endorse any play on that at the moment. That wraps up the games you care about. Now moving on to that's a big number, which is where we discuss some games with 20 plus point spreads. And we'll start off with an even 20 point favorite in BYU at Georgia Southern. What is your pick on this one? Official play for me here. I am laying the 20 points with BYU. Uh, When I was looking at it, you know, BYU's had a really good season. seems like a really good team. Uh, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, going up against a team who fired their coach mid season uh, because they were just not, cutting it this year uh, kind of just to 
measure my thinking on this, I went and looked at your rankings and noted that, um, you know, I know we both backed Coastal Carolina against Georgia Southern a couple of weeks ago, got the win there, and you have BYU. In a, mon- in a monsoon. In a monsoon with, without McCall for part of the game for, for Coastal Carolina. Um, BYU here, they're actually in your rankings ranked ahead of Coastal Carolina. Um, and as far as I know, I look, look it up, no quarterback injuries that I'm aware of for, for BYU. Um, so to me, it just seems like you're asking a very similar team to Coastal, maybe a little bit better to do the same thing against Georgia Southern that Coastal did with their starting quarterback. Seems easy enough to me. So I'm going to lay the 20 points with BYU. I like it. It's a best bet for me, BYU minus 20. The model thinks 22. I like it here because I can easily see a 20 or a 21 point win. Uh, I think BYU is a much better team. Uh, you mentioned a lot of things there. We've talked about BYU a lot on this podcast in weeks past, and I'll say what I've said a few times. I haven't talked about BYU the last couple of weeks, so if you're a new listener, you might not have heard me say this, but BYU has taken care of business against now the ACC with Virginia. They took care of business against the Pac-12. They took care of business against the Mountain West. They struggled playing Baylor when they jumped up to the better, one of the better teams in the Big 12. I think they would, I think, and we talked about them going to the Big 12 eventually. If they were in the Big 12 this year, I think they would really struggle with Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, but I think they could handle the rest of those teams. Just that top tier of those, of the solid conferences they're going to struggle with. Other than that, they have really dominated. Yeah. Anybody else they've played, and Georgia Southern is a tier below some of the teams they've played in those yep. other conferences. So I think they are the much better team. I don't think the road trip worries me at all. So I'm laying the 20 as a best bet with BYU. South Alabama at Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a game where you kind of thought maybe they were going to hang in there with Georgia yeah, a little bit. Yeah. They hung in there longer than most anybody has. Yeah, it looked pretty promising long. for about a quarter and a half. Looked promising. They were moving the ball, and they were having those long, sustained drives. And and and, and you thought that's going to help Tennessee's defense out because part of Tennessee's defensive problems have been they scored too quick and their defense is back out of the right. field, right? That fell short, of course. Tennessee is a 27-and-a-half-point yeah. home favorite against South Alabama this week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the only insight I have for you here is, do you know who South Alabama's offensive coordinator is? I do not. Major Applewhite. Really? I have not yeah. heard that name in quite a while. Yeah, yeah. So that's we, all we are. We aren't talking Texas this week. So this is this is our, our, our only chance to talk. We're not talking wait, Kansas. So wait, we're not talking Texas? No, we're not talking Texas. You said okay. Major Applewhite. Here's our chance to talk about Texas right here. Done with Texas. So they're the next one on the list. Done, done with Texas. Done not not touching okay. the rest of the season. Okay, okay. that's okay. it. Yeah. There you Sorry. go. Uh, I I have a best bet on South Alabama plus 27 and a half. And, and here's my, yeah, right. Here's my reason. Yeah. Uh, number one, uh, South Alabama, I have them only, that they should only be getting 25 points, not 27 and a half. So I like that we're getting a little bit of value there. But also South Alabama has been a backdoor cover machine. I've been on them a couple mm. times where they've gotten me to the window there. Last week, they were trying to get me a cover. They were actually already inside the number with about two minutes to go and driving to score again. Quarterbacks, quarterback gets hit as he throws. The ball wafts up around the end zone. Guy picks it off, runs it back 100 yards. So South Alabama passes <sighs> the cover. It was kind of heartbreaking. But they really do play till the end and try to score independent yep. of the spread. Tennessee has given up some uh, backdoor covers. They gave up backdoor cover week one against Bowling Green. Uh, yeah. And Tennessee's a defense that will give up some points. So I think South Alabama, they will try the whole game. They will get some points. It's, it's, it's too big of a number. 
for yeah. me here. So best bet on South Alabama, pl- plug your nose and play it. Don't watch the first half, tune in in the third quarter and hope that it's a, um, you know, a, a 10 point game or a 14 point game or something. And it's yeah. interesting for the second half. Uh, our biggest number of the, that's a big number here, Vanderbilt. Mississippi. Mississippi is a 36 and a half point favorite against poor Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? So I I just don't get me, don't get my words twisted here. This is not an official play by any means, but there's no way I'm laying the points with Ole Miss in this game. And I say that because I I I covered with Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago against Liberty, laid the nine points, nine and a half points, something like that, and covered. If Corral is so important to Ole Miss's offense that if they don't have to like put him out there or do anything risky, they're they're not going to. They have no problem, and that Liberty game was the perfect example. Packing it in basically and just winning the game, keeping Corral healthy and playing the next week. I am very concerned that you could see something very similar in this game, and it ends up being like thirty-eight to ten. Or, or something like that. So, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Ole Miss could go out and score 49 points in the first half. I'm sure that's what will happen since I made that comment. Uh, but they just seem to be, you know, very, very um, picky and picking and choosing their spots when they're going to utilize him this year. So there's no way I'm back in Ole Miss. <laughs> of course, I'm not back in Vanderbilt either. Um, um, but I'd be worried about laying a number that big. I, I am laying the number that big. I'm laying 36 and a half. The model, the model thinks 38 and a half. The model is not built to lay numbers like that. So when it says big right. number, I laid the big number. Uh, yep. I think Mississippi does score 49 in the first half. Um, <laughs> Vanderbilt, is, we're, I think this is going to be a theme as we move along this podcast. Uh, this team is no this team. Vanderbilt is no liberty. Yeah. They yeah. are much, much, much worse. I think Mississippi's yeah. backups will score. Um, the only fear I have on this one is you end up with Vanderbilt getting a fluke touchdown. If we could just avoid a fluke touchdown from Vanderbilt, a weird defensive touchdown or a kick return or something. Yeah. I think Mississippi covers this one pretty easily, even without playing uh, Corral the whole time because Vanderbilt is just that bad. Yeah. Mississippi is one of the top 10 teams in the country, according to my rankings and Vanderbilt's one of the bottom 10. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is we don't give out these kind of picks, but if you're looking for like a first half play, I mean, 21 would be great. Like maybe 24, maybe yeah. find i mean so maybe a, a first half play laying the points that will miss would be a good bet too so just yep. that out there yep something to think about for sure um another big number here arkansas at alabama alabama is a 20 and a half point favorite i don't have anything intelligent to say about this it, you know looking at the number this feels a little bit like it did with lsu where it's like this just seems way too big and i think what what kind of bothers me is obviously alabama is is no georgia this year for sure but i just can't kind of get that big georgia game uh out of my mind where arkansas went in there and just completely laid an egg which you know easy to do against georgia um but i'm just a little worried that arkansas might not show up for this game so no play for me here but this feels like too many points I'm, I'm on Arkansas. I think it's too many points. I'm taking the 20 and a half. The model thinks it should only be 16 and a half. We have talked about previous episodes, so the model tends to just want to fade Alabama every week. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, it did not last week, and I laid that giant number with Alabama, and they covered yeah. against New Mexico State. But hey, I, I, I hit the under on that game, too, so winners all around. In the, there you go. Game. There you go. Um, I'm with you. I'm, I am a little nervous about that. 
the counter, of course, compared to the Georgia game is that Georgia's defense is historically good. Um, yep. potentially, potentially the best defense in the decade, right? Yep. Alabama is a good team, not that good. My only fear here actually doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Arkansas struggled to score against a historically good defense. It's that they kind of struggled last week to score against LSU in a, in a decent defense. Mm, yeah. So that's my fear here is that Arkansas – it just it's not that they lay an egg they don't show up or whatever it's just that they have a hard time sustaining a drive against Alabama yeah is my only fear but I am trusting that Arkansas defense to hold Alabama down a little bit it's just too many points yeah. for me so I'm just taking and, this in one of those and nine times out of ten it's too many points right yeah and, and and backdoor cover opportunities galore in my opinion in this game um that's why I took the uh the under last week obviously a little bit different in an SEC game, but uh, Saban loves to just take the foot off the gas if, if they're up big. And I think something uh, maybe we haven't talked about enough this year, but I think Bill O'Brien and his coming in being the offense coordinator, kind of something you do in the NFL too. You know, you're not necessarily looking to, to run up the score big when you're, you're up by a lot of points there at the end, you know, you're just trying to run out the clock and, and all that good stuff. So potentially a great opportunity for some uh, backdoor cover here as well. Right, right. Our last game of this segment, Coastal Carolina is a 22-point home favorite against Texas State. Yeah, first here. Yeah, I, I got stupid bad beat with Louisiana Monroe and Texas State two weeks ago. That was awful. Uh, and the problem was is I texted you, like, in the first quarter after uh, you all missed, missed extra point. point. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to come back to bite us at all. Yeah, and sure enough, did. that was the deciding factor. Um, also, also, also biting us, the running back for Texas State being allowed to score a touchdown, looking back at everybody, pausing. It's, you could see it. Like, you could see, like, the yeah. pop bubbles over his head being like, they're letting me score. I yeah, should, I, should I, I do score. this or not? You know yeah. what? I'm going to score. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, where I'm going with that is Texas State's not good. That that's why I, I bet against them uh, that we did, did, didn't work out. Obviously, big concerns with McCall being out for for Coastal Carolina. But with that being said, I think that Coastal's offensive system is unique enough and good enough that even without their best quarterback, I think they can still put up some points. And like I said, Texas State isn't good. So uh, no official play here for me, but I think I would still lean laying the points with Coastal Carolina. I'm laying the points with Coastal. Uh, you, when you hear what the coach said about McCall, he said he was questionable last week, but probable for this week. I haven't heard any mm. update from that. So we don't know, but look, kind of like you said, throw all that out the window. They scored 42 last week. Like yeah. they're going to score points. The issue that what they had last week and the, and the reason they didn't cover had had very little to do with McCall. You could talk about the, the injury of the quarterback and that could affect the defense. Cause now they're not moving the ball. They're not blah, blah, blah. They yeah. scored 42 points. It wasn't like they just, they went three and out and thus the defense then got wore down because of that. Right. Right. Um, but the defense gave up 40 points. And, and when you look at what the expectation, expectation was the expectation was about 21 so they didn't fail to cover because of the quarterback situation so i'm going to trust that they can not allow 40 points to a very bad texas state offense yeah and so i'm laying the yeah. 22 obviously I'd, I'd rather like 20 or 21 but the model makes this 28 so yeah. i'm laying the points it's just not a best bet because it, obviously if mccall's in there you feel better about them scoring more scoring quicker etc so that model minus 28 is is with mccall playing so yeah. I, it, it's a large difference, but without him in there, 
it can't be a best bet, but I still think it's yeah. the right side. I just don't see them allowing that many points to a bad Texas right. offense. Right. Moving on from the uh, that's a big number segment to the you don't have to watch them to make the monies, where we remind you that every winner pays the same, even if it's not a sexy matchup. And we got one to start off that is not going to be sexy because of an injury no. situation. No. Bo Nix out. I would argue it wasn't sexy before that. It wasn't sexy before <laughs> that for different reasons, right? Because yeah. you were wondering how many points Auburn would score. Now with him out, they are on to be back at quarterback. Auburn is a six and a half point road favorite. <laughs> at South Carolina. What is your play for us on this one? Yeah, so I think the model's been off on South Carolina all year. I think they're worse than what the model thinks they are. Um, but after, I think, after last week, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We went, went head to head. Head to head. Yeah, you got the best of the model on that one. Yeah, yeah so, I, so, but the bigger thing here is, I think I originally saw this around 10 and a half or 11 and 10, something like that. Uh, and then it was announced that Nick's is going to be out. It dropped down to six and a half. Official play for me, I'm laying the six and a half points with Auburn. And that's mostly because, and I think I've said this a few times on here, for sure didn't trust Bo Nix. But I, I, I don't think Bo Nix was, trust aside, I don't think Bo Nix was very good. I think he had some flashes in the pan this year, but I just don't think he's very good. They actually pulled him from that game against Georgia State earlier this year where they had to come back uh, to beat Georgia State at home. Uh, T.J. Finley, their backup quarterback, was the one who brought him back to win that game. They didn't know if Nix was going to start the next game at LSU. So they had faith in, in Finley. And then, you know, Nix came out and had a really good game against LSU, and you kind of couldn't take him out at that point. But all of this to say, I don't think the backup quarterback for Auburn is much of a step down here. Um, so, like I said, I, I'm laying the six and a half points. The under, probably not that either, but it's it's 44 points, 44 and a half. That's just a really low number. It's pretty you know, low. Yeah, like one big punt return, and, and that could, you know, kind of ruin that. So, um, I feel better about laying the six and a half points. I think South Carolina is going to score like 10 or 13 points. So, I, I think Auburn can get to 20. And, you know, I said we weren't going to talk about Texas anymore, but – you talking about Bo Nix reminds me of the Texas quarterback situation ever since McCoy left. Even before mm. that, if you want to go back to the major Apple White Chris Sims, it reminds me of the Chris Sims thing, right? He yeah. has the potential, uh, but is he yeah. realizing it? Has some really good games. Downs, had some really yeah. good games. And, and I feel like it, since McCoy, the, the Texas quarterback situation has been basically that it's find a guy who you know who looks really good for a few games and then he's the savior and then he does really bad and then should he be playing or not is there a backup yeah. right I mean Texas has done that for like a decade now cycling through that and, and Bo Nix kind of reminds me of that he, he has some great moments yeah and yet he has so many overall moments where you're just like is this really the guy to lead a top 15 team which is what they're hoping to be yeah, yeah. um the model makes this eight and a half and trusting what you, what your analysis is i am officially on auburn minus six and a half as well mm. if if the I, I like your analysis there i so if, if the my, my only hesitation here would be if there's a huge drop off from next to the backup then that eight and a half might not be accurate but mm -hmm. it sounds like there probably isn't and or there might be a small drop off but a boost to the lack of variance which might help them right, overall right, and right. so with that being said i think there's still an edge here from what the model is saying and that six and a half is an overreaction 
uh, that the line should not have dropped that much. I'll lay the six and a half with Auburn as well. I'm also like you, the model I think is too high on South Carolina. We've been kind of learning that lesson here the last couple of weeks. South Carolina just isn't very good. Yeah. And so under a touchdown is a solid play in my opinion. Yeah, and, and not that this is going to change anybody's mind, but I'm pretty sure Finley, he was at LSU before. I'm pretty sure he started SEC games before at LSU. So this isn't going to be, I don't think, anything new to him. So, uh, you know, again. And to be fair, I'm not sure that South Carolina is the most intimidating atmosphere yeah. in November yeah. when they're not, yeah. when they're not it, good, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, if they're good, it's different, right? But uh, uh, Syracuse at North Carolina State. North Carolina State is an 11.5-point favorite. I've got nothing for you here. I mean, that's why we say you don't have to watch them, right? Yeah. Uh, I have an official pick here, North Carolina State minus 11 and a half. I think they're a pretty good team. Uh, fun matchup with them in Wake Forest last week. Yeah. And it was close down to the wire. Home team wins by a field goal. I mean, that's kind of exactly how we all drew it up for yep. the most part. Uh, yep. All the models, all the talk, everything. I said I was waiting. I liked NC State, but I was waiting for a field goal. Never got to a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, both you and Jack took Wake under a field goal. They won by a field goal. So, I mean, I think we all kind of nailed that pretty well. I think NC State's still a really good team. I think at home against a bad Syracuse team, I think that's the right side. The model makes us 15. I think they win this by, you know, 13, 14, 17, something like that, and get us a nice, easy victory. One that might be really ugly, Rice at UTEP. UTEP is a 10-point favorite. Yeah. Is it going to be really ugly? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know because I was like you. I, I saw this line and I was like, I'm taking UTEP. And then I went and looked at Rice's schedule and sorry, I don't have the Rice schedule pulled up, but they have played like the past four games have been one score games. Yes, probably a step down in competition from, from UTEP, but I, I just don't feel comfortable. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't feel comfortable laying 10 points against Rice right now. I feel like they're playing a little bit better. They're keeping all the games close. Uh, you know, this could look up backdoor win by touchdown eight points something like that so I, I i don't have a play here but i wanted utep but man rice has been a little little feistier lately uh i'm laying the 10 with utep best bet for me the model makes us 13 i think 13 or 14 is the right number obviously you do have backdoor concerns but i think that utep is in a different class than rice which is also weird to say especially coming into the season when we talked about that we'll go back to week zero that utep new mexico state game where we're sitting here debating which team is actually better yeah. And to think that we thought they were in the same category and, yeah. and they're yeah. not utep has become a pretty solid team yeah. I don't think my model has even fully caught up to how solid UTEP actually is. I just think they're a much better team here. I think this is a situation where they're going to be up 14, 21, something like that late. Then we just got to hope that it's either 14 and they hold on or it's 21 and then it backdoor isn't going to hurt us uh, yeah. because that wouldn't get to the 10. So I'm laying the 10 best bet uh, for me at that number. Kent State at Akron, speaking of bad teams, Akron is a 13 and a half point underdog. Uh, Akron's made us a, a little bit of profit here the last several weeks, taking yeah. in some big numbers in, in some of this matches. We have a Saturday action game. Uh, yeah, I can't believe pulled it. Apart from, yeah, pulled apart from his friends. Yeah, yeah. So no official play here for me. And what's holding me back is when when we've played, or at least when I played Akron uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were getting like 20 points. So here... The, less than two touchdowns if kent state gets their stuff together they can score like 56 points on on akron and i don't see akron being able to score that many keep up so i think this may be one of those we come back next week and we say i'm kicking myself i should have taken the points with akron like you said they've made money for us recently but 
I just can't get over the fact that if Kent State plays like they can, this game is not close. So it's a stay away for me. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to have any regrets that direction. I am taking the 13 and a half of Akron. The model thinks it should only be 10. I think you make an interesting point. You go back to the, you know, one of the themes of, of this podcast here is, a high, you know, ceiling and floor of a team. Obviously the ceiling for Kent State's a little higher, but they just haven't yeah. really done it for the most yep. part nope, consistently. They haven't. They haven't. And it's too many points. I think this line is skewed by the perception that Akron is bad. They are. And the perception that Kent State is a solid Mac team, but they kind of aren't, aren't. this yeah. year. Nope. And so I think that's just too many points on the road. And so again, I'm taking the 13 and a half. I really wish it was 14. Um, I don't yeah. know where the line's going to go, but I yeah. will take the 13 and a half and just hope they don't lose by 14 because that would be just heartbreaking if that were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then our last one for this segment, you don't have to watch them to make the monies. Washington is a six point road favorite at Colorado. I don't know if you can watch this one. This feels like a Pac-12 <laughs> yeah. network. Game. Yeah. If it's not, it really yeah. should be. Yeah. What is your what is your play on this one? So I've got some thoughts. On All this right. game. So remember uh, after USC filed, fired Hilton, and I was like, hey, I would be on USC because they're going to be so happy to kind of have that ball and chain release. They're going to go out and play the best game of the season. And guess what? I think they did. And yeah. they, they killed Washington State, not to, not to bring up any sore spots for you. Um, yeah, when Washington State was up 14 nothing, and I was getting like 10 points, I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, they they yeah. lost by 30 or something. Yeah, yeah. So so I feel like Washington's going to be in a similar boat here. Number one, because Lake's gone, so he was fired today. Um, so I, I think that makes them feel a little bit better. I think maybe more importantly, though, and, and I don't know if it was this past week or the week before that, but uh, Washington let go of their offensive coordinator as well, which, you know, terrible for people like me because I've been printing money with the Washington Unders. Um, <laughs> but but they let their offensive coordinator go. So that combination of getting some, some new life into the offense and then the change at the head coach when clearly it wasn't working out, I think they're going to come out and play inspired, uh, and it, it, it helps that Colorado hasn't been very good this year. So so uh, official play for me, I'm going to lay the six points with Washington on the road. So a uh, question, because I don't follow Washington football like you do. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you were, <laughs> you were you were nailing them every week, yeah. whether it was yeah. slider, slider total, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, did the players dislike Lake? I, I know there was the scandal and then there was the whole the Oregon isn't a rival comment, which was just absolutely bonkers and bizarre. Um, I know that the they were frustrated with bringing him in, and yeah. the performance wasn't where they wanted. But did, I have no idea how the players. Do we know if the, how the players felt about him? So I don't think the players cared too much for the offensive coordinator. Is is okay. what I would say. Okay, I think. So, no, I, I don't know anything about the players, but I know there was a lot of perception around um, – we kind of had it rolling here with Peterson. Why, mm. and, and, and Lake was fairly upfront saying, we're going to change mm. everything with, with how we've done everything. There was a lot of head-scratching, kind of like, you know, why why are we changing everything when what we kind of had going was, was a good thing? So I don't know if any of that was coming from the players, but at this point I think there had to have been some questions when, you know, you were at the very top of the Pac-12 and now you've kind of gone back to at least mid-pack if, if not further. Um, Absolutely. But I think yeah. anytime, probably, anytime you're at a program that's good and you struggle, there's, there's some issues either way. I just didn't know if there was any extra no, things no, on top I, of just I, performance. I think he, the he bigger was, thing – 
is the offensive coordinator. That, and that's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now he, and Lake was the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Under, yeah. Okay. He was. Okay. All right. Uh, I official pick as well. I'm laying the six with Washington. The model makes this eight and a half. So getting value, they're crossing the seven and getting the push protection on six. For me, mm -hmm. uh, the variability on Washington is pretty huge. I don't necessarily know if they're going to come out and play better or worse because of that. So there's a lot of variability there. So I can't make this a best bet. This is more a play against Colorado because Colorado has mostly been pretty bad this year. So yep. even a team as bad as Washington's been, they've still got a lot of talent and they should be able to go get a win um against a really bad team in my opinion yep. new segment here this week i'm calling this sneaky sneaky which is the segment <laughs> where we discuss some games that might be sneaky good to watch for one reason or another we're going to start off with uab at undefeated utsa i think this one uh, maybe less sneaky right is why you want to watch this one why it might be sneaky good is you got an undefeated utsa team right yeah. only a six point favorite at home so this yeah. is another, one of their true tests this season yeah yeah so uh and I, i've got the uh conference usa standings pulled up here um so not sure if anybody is aware if uab wins this game they will probably be going to the conference usa championship game ahead of utsa uh, at that point they would both have one conference loss and obviously uab with the tiebreaker there so uh and this is kind of what the whole crux of what I'm going to say hinges on. This is a big game for, for UTSA. You know, they, everything that they've done this season uh, will kind of be for naught if, if they don't win this game. So I think that um, trailer is going to have them ready to play. And UTSA has definitely come out with their best games against the, their best competition. So uh, Illinois, Memphis, uh, UTEP. So I, I see it being the same thing here. You know, they'll kind of have an off week, uh, UNLV comes to mind. I think you were on them against UNLV. UNLV covered. Um, I don't know what the spread was last, last, week. last week. Yeah, they they didn't cover 33, last week. something like that. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't cover last week. So uh, this big game, they've got to win this to get to the conference championship game. Uh, so official pick from me, I'm going to lay the six points with UTSA at home. Best bet for me, I'm laying the six as well. The model makes this eight and a half. And I have an extra angle that I like about this game. It is kind of like you just talked about. Last week was a awful sandwich game for them now yeah. i don't buy into trap game sandwich games nine times out of ten i think that's just our brains trying to make a narrative out of something that doesn't exist i think that's not right. good practice the players hear that the players know i don't think the players necessarily slip walk through practice last week but you cannot ignore the fact that this is a program that hasn't had a lot of big games and they had a huge game at UTEP the week before where they went out, laid on the line, and dominated that first half, just like you said. And knowing that UAB this week was such a big game, they knew they could go out there and beat Southern Miss. And they did. They just didn't look convincing doing it. They needed some yeah. you know, mid-game kind of good plays to take care of business there. And so last week, I, I think if you looked at my model numbers, my model actually said to play UTSA. I laid off of it. We didn't talk about it on the pod last week, but I wasn't going to touch UTSA last week, no matter what the model said, just because it was a really bad spot to lay that many points. So it's not that I wasn't going to fade them either because fading UTSA this year has not been a profitable move. No, I tried that early no. in the season and that did not work. Uh, so I wasn't going to fade them, but I also wasn't going to lay that number. But now that we're back to playing real teams and not teams that they should be able to just walk all over. I like them a lot here laying the six. I love this number under yeah. a touchdown. So best bet for me, UTSA minus six. Appalachian State is a nine and a half point road favorite at Troy. What's your take on this one? So something I have my eye on here is, is the over. And right now it's at 52. That is actually a fairly key number. Um, 
you know, would love to get it at like 51 or, or something. Um, so I'm going to sit on it. Not something I'm going to play right now. Uh, I may pass, but uh, kind of my insight on this one is Troy kind of got a, a, a rep at the beginning of the season for being a really low scoring team because their first uh, four games against FBS teams this year, the totals in those games were 34, 30, and what's this, 30, 47, and 37. So they had some really low totals to start, but they've since come back and they've been scoring some more. I got the over with them in Texas State uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they played Coastal pretty close, scored 28 points against them. Um, I've mentioned it a couple of times, App State doesn't, their offense doesn't get enough credit. They're really efficient. They can put up some points easily. Uh, you know, I had the over with them in South Alabama last week going for Major Applewhite there. And of course, they just held Southern uh, South Alabama, Alabama down. They didn't have to score any points, which was really frustrating. I was excited about that 100 yard uh, interception return there at the end. It was getting me one score closer. Out for me. Wait, anyway. But they were, but the other team was about to score, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so something I'm eyeing here is the over. If it goes back above 52, I'm not going to play it. But if it drops below 52, it may be something I make a play on. All right. I think this might be a sneaky good game just because Appalachian State's always fun to watch. You never know if they're going to get tested here on the road. Um, I am laying the nine and a half with Appalachian State. I like the fact that this is under 10. The model makes this 11 and a half. So there's a solid edge on Appalachian State. And they're always a fun team to watch. If you don't give any love to some of those uh, smaller schools, they're they're a fun one to keep an eye on, especially in a game that they are not expected to win by 30 points. uh, Those games are never fun to watch. Um, East Carolina is a three and a half point road favorite at navy what's your take on this one i was this close this podcast is a visual medium i was this close <laughs> very close together i was this close to uh making a play on east carolina they've been playing a lot better lately problem is navy's been playing better of late as well and when i think about this game the the game that i can't get out of my mind is ucf uh going up to annapolis and Kind of getting their butts handed to them. Uh, I don't know, probably three or four weeks ago at this point. Right, right before UCF started actually playing well. Yes, that was kind of still when they were trying to figure out what their offense mm-hmm. was after mm-hmm. Gabriel got got hurt. Um, the problem is, is I think East Carolina reminds me a lot of that UCF team at, at, at that time. Um, so I, I think East Carolina is the right side here, but I just can't quite bring myself to do it because of. Um, what I saw Navy do to UCF at home uh, a few weeks ago. I'm laying the three and a half with East Carolina. The model makes this 10 and a half. That's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. It's not a best bet because you just never know when you have, when you don't have extra time to prepare for that triple option tax. So right. it's one of those where I can't make it a best bet at three. I would make it a best bet, but not three and a half. Uh, this could be a fun game to watch just because East Carolina has been a covering machine lately. Like you said, they've been playing, really well uh, but anytime you're going up against a navy uh triple option attack it's always interesting so i think that can yeah. make this one a fun one to keep an eye on virginia at pittsburgh pittsburgh is a 13 and a half point favorite be a force I, don't, I don't think we know if armstrong is going to play but like i would we blindly bet the i would blindly bet the over if armstrong is playing like 75 over 78 over like just over like if Armstrong's playing this is going to be I think it's going to be like that BYU Virginia game um so so no play for me here but man if you like points and Armstrong's back I think this is going to be the game for you yeah I'm not sure uh this one might be sneaky good for a couple of different reasons uh one 
Pittsburgh is not going to be stopped. I think BYU just scored another touchdown against Virginia. <laughs> I don't see why they aren't just passing that baton right along Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's offense right. is very good. Um, uh, Jared, you played uh, quarterback in high school. Uh, I don't believe you ever broke a rib, though, right? No, no, never broke a rib. I, I, can, can you I, can you try to imagine what it would be like to play quarterback with a broken rib? Nope, cannot. I, I, I can't either. Um, they talked about it a little bit on the pregame show here when they played Notre Dame and about how well it was that this rib and how that affects. And I'm like, man, I don't care which rib it all hurts. It all hurts. (laughs) Yeah. And he's going to take hits. Like he can't not take a hit. Right. And and yeah, it, to me, it just makes no sense how you can come back that quick. Um, He might play, he might not. I don't know. I took Notre Dame. I tweeted about this midweek. I said, look, he, he's either going to play and not be effective or he's not going to not play or even if he plays, I still got like a 50-50 shot. I feel the same way here. I'm laying a 13 and a half with Pittsburgh. My model makes this about the same number. I'm laying it the points with him because you got three options. He pl- Armstrong plays, and I think this number is about fair. So you got about a 50-50 yeah. shot here at Pittsburgh covering. He plays, and he's ineffective because he's still got a broken rib. Because he has a broken rib, yeah. Pittsburgh covers this number. He doesn't play. And Pittsburgh yeah. covers this number. So I think there's a lot to like here with Pittsburgh. I think this number should be over 14. So I don't yeah. know. Again, I never know how the numbers are going to move, but so it's kind of under 14 makes a lot of sense to me. It's kind of like, let's make a deal and you should always change your answer. Right. Like right. Right. thing, Right. Yeah, yes. Kind of like this. Yes. Yeah. Classic really. statistics problem. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like yeah. if, if, if you make the number close and, the, and, and at a quarterback as good as he is, yeah. and as you saw last week, as big of a drop off, uh, yeah. as as they have down below him uh, i think there's a lot to like here i think it's uh, by, he may play he may look good and again now you're at a 50 50 but there's a lot of ways that this works out really well uh, yeah back in pittsburgh so i like laying the 13 and a half there and then the last one in this segment uh sneaky good to watch ucla at usc ucla is a three-point road favorite hey this might be sneaky good to watch because the color uniform on this matchup where you got the one team wearing the baby blues and one team wearing yeah. the red jerseys is always fun to watch. So you want to at least flip over there. Yes, it pops. It is very visually appealing. So yeah. it's sneaky good to watch that, if nothing else. Yeah. So uh, remember when I said that I was done with all the Pac-12 teams except for Washington? Yeah, this squarely falls into that category. Um, it seems to me like I would lay the points with UCLA. Uh, two things. Number one, USC has just played terribly against any team with, with half of a pulse this year. Uh, but the other thing is, and uh, I don't know if I've been on the podcast since, since it happened, but uh, the wide receiver for USC, Drake London getting hurt, I think really hurts their, their offense. He was, he was, uh, you know, catching balls right and left for them. So um, I would, I would have, I would have to uh, lay the points of UCLA if I were going to make a pick, but man, uh, just this falls into my category of, I should just stay away. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking the points of USC for a couple Mm -hmm. reasons number one i don't know what's going to happen in this game i think anything could happen any team could win by 30 and i don't think i'd be that surprised with these two teams so i'm getting a field goal that's that's got some value right but field goal with the home team of course home here is um maybe it doesn't mean that much but also at the time of this recording usc is plus three plus 105 i'm getting plus odds with the field goal so i don't know where this number will go i don't know um how that'll shift it to me that says it's going to go to three and a half and more traditional odds, same sort of thing. I think three and a half gives you some value just because my model makes this two and a half. Um, Maybe that's a little bit uh, too generous for USC's home field that's probably mostly going to be non-existent in this game. Um, But again, anything can happen in this game. So you're getting value there by taking 
um, a field goal, in my opinion. And again, it's a toss-up, so just take the value yep. points, in my opinion. All right, and that wraps up that segment. Now moving on to a new segment I'm calling Don't Overthink It. The segment will remind you that some teams are covering and others aren't, and that the best predictor of future behavior is past performance. So starting off with a team I have been writing for several many weeks now, Notre Dame, who is a 16-point home favorite against Georgia Tech. This 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 line looks weird to me, but you know, what do I know? I feel like you're for sure going to be on Notre Dame again, hence yeah. the, the yeah. title of the the segment. Yeah. But um, I just I don't feel like I have a good enough feel for one team or another to to make a play on this one. Notre Dame is seven and three against the spread. I've been backing them a lot lately. I, I had Toledo uh, in that game and got the win. So I am comfortable fading Notre Dame when the time calls for it, but they've been a covered machine lately. I've been on them for almost this entire stretch. It's the best bet for me. The model thinks it should be 21. So I'm laying the 60 with Notre Dame, best bet. No, no regrets on that one. Michigan is a 14 and a half point favorite at Maryland. Maybe more than any other team, because I think Michigan State's the one that we've talked about the most this season, but more than any other team, I don't know why you seem to be higher on Michigan than, than everybody else. And, and even, like, clearly the playoff committee is, is relatively high on, on Michigan. So why the books don't seem to be high on Michigan, I don't know. I was in Las Vegas this past weekend. I have a ticket, Michigan plus one at Penn State. I'm going to be collecting on that because clearly they don't they don't value Michigan State or Michigan, excuse me, the same way that we do. This was the Penn State team that lost at home to Illinois like a couple of weeks ago in that whatever nine overtime game. That was my great thing about college football that week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so anyway, Michigan State's the one that we've talked about the most, but I think Michigan squarely belongs in that category. Why the model is so high on it, and clearly the odds makers don't seem to kind of hold them in that same regard. Yeah, Michigan 7-2 and two against the spread. I've been backing them a ton. It's been working. I don't see any reason to stop Maryland. Also, 2-6 and six against the spread. Um, okay. I'm laying the 14.5 with Michigan. It's only not a best bet because the hook. So if it right. does drop for some crazy reason to 14, I, I recommend that as a best bet. Um, yep. But the model makes us 18. Uh, to your point, it, it's, it's, it's a few teams. It's, it's Notre Dame, Michigan, and Michigan State are three teams off the top of my head that the model has liked. And I have been successful backing much more than the books. I don't really know why yeah. they're, I get, I get maybe why they're lagging a little bit more with Notre Dame and Michigan State because they don't win convincingly. Yeah. Um, but they're still lagging more than I would expect. And Michigan doesn't make any sense to me why they're lagging right. this much. Yes, they had a close game against Penn State last week. But when you look at postgame win expectancy, I think Michigan's number was over 90%. I mean, they dominated wow. that game. Wow. Uh, again, on the road against Penn State, Maryland can't seem to get out of their own way at this point. So I think Michigan gets an easy win here. The only other concern about this is it is a trap game for Michigan, given that mm-hmm. they just came off the Penn State game and they have Ohio State next weekend. The only mm-hmm. thing is that Michigan has been rolling in these situations and just putting up points yeah. upon points upon points. Even when they had a, a, a trap game previously with Michigan State on deck, yeah. I don't remember who they were playing. They it's, ended up – they started slow, and then they just kept scoring and kept scoring and kept yeah. scoring. I, I think it's the, the classic defense and, and a good offensive line travel, and I think Michigan has both of those. So Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I'm laying the 14 and a half there. I wish it was 14, but I'll still lay the hook and, and yeah. not worry about it. Minnesota is a six-point favorite at Indiana. Indiana 0-8 against the spread. No quarterback in sight for them. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't. Okay. So here's, here's the deal. I can't, 
teams that we're done with, I was done with Minnesota when they lost to home to Bowling Green. So I, you know, completely done with them. I can't bring myself to back them. But at the same time, how is this less than a touchdown against a team that's 0-8 against the spread? This makes this this makes no sense. I would expect this to be like kind of would have put this in like no man's land, maybe like eight and a half or, or something like that is more in line with what I would have expected to see. I can't, like I said, I can't I can't bet on Minnesota after them losing to Bowling Green, but this this looks weird. It, yeah, it's it's it is weird. I think uh, Minnesota, yeah, lost to Bowling Green and took a big hit in my rankings, such that then when they started rolling off wins, I wasn't on them because it knew mm. that they lost to Bowling Green, and then right. the model realizes they're playing well and jumps on them, and then they lost to Nebraska, <laughs> I believe, at home. Yeah. Um. So they've been a very confusing team this year, but the model still makes this Minnesota minus eleven. So uh, best bet, Minnesota minus six. I'm like you, this makes no sense that it's under a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they are a much better team than Indiana. An Indiana team that at this point, frankly, if they decide to pack it up for the season, I would not blame them. The season has not gone the way they expected. It yeah. just snowballs out of control week after week. It just gets worse and worse for them. Yep. So best bet for me, Minnesota minus six. Sticking in the Big Ten, Nebraska at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a 10-point home favorite. So no play for me here, but whoever's listening to this that needs to hear this, Nebraska shows up for these big games. For me, I, I, I would not be laying the points with Wisconsin here because it seems like there is a direct correlation between the skill of the team that they're playing and how well Nebraska plays. This feels like one of those Nebraska games where they find a way to lose it at the end and, and lose by, you know, four or, or something like that. So um, this is this is a stay away, but man, I'm... I, if I had to pick a side, I would be taking the points in Nebraska. All right. Hey, I'm laying the 10 with Wisconsin and I'm making this the best <laughs> bet. Uh, the model, uh, the, the model makes this 13. And, and here's what I'll say about this. I, I think you're right to some extent. I think the issue with Nebraska that we have to worry about is when are they done? Are, are they yeah. done? Are, are they yeah. going to show up or not? And, and I'm not going to try to prognosticate that. I don't know. I'm just saying it is on the table yeah. that if you have to, if you have to consider this week playing out, say 10 times, how many of those 10 times does Nebraska just simply not show up because they're done? Yep. I don't know what yep. the number is, but you have to consider that. You also have to consider the fact that Wisconsin's playing really well lately. They're I, finally I'll, coming into the team that we thought they were going to be. That's what I was going to say. This is not the Wisconsin team that lost to Notre Dame or the Wisconsin team that lost to Michigan. Correct. Not the same team. And so this is one of those situations where in some of those 10 outcomes, I think Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin jumps up 14 points in the first quarter. Uh, maybe even 17 or 21 towards the end of the first quarter, early second quarter. And I think it's a runaway. So it's, it's a game that there are a lot of ways this goes really well for Wisconsin. Um, I think you're going to know early in this one. I think yep. it's going to be a situation where whatever the score is at the end of the first quarter is going to tell you a lot. If it's scoreless at the end of the first quarter, if it's 3-3-7-7, I think yep. Wisconsin obviously still can cover 10, but it's going to be a much tougher road for them but they might be up and running away with this the thing yep. i would say about this the reason it's a best bet for me is there's a lot of ways this goes right from wisconsin again number one nebraska could just be done because all the chaos and frustration around this lost lost season not making a bowl etc there's a situation where wisconsin just really good and just runs them out of the building early but even in that situation we talk about where it's tied at the end of the first quarter while i don't like wisconsin's chances it's still possible that they yeah. cover the 10 or push at the 10. So especially yeah. at 10, I think there's still, you got a lot of protection there from that worst case scenario, um, which obviously could happen, but uh, this is gambling. You, you, you can never always avoid those right. scenarios. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Oklahoma State is a 10.5-point road favorite uh, going to Lubbock to play Texas Tech. What do you have for us here? I Man, I, I wanted to back Oklahoma State, but you know we talked about kind of what the effect that letting Jimmy Lake go uh, at Washington may have. I think letting Wells go at Tech probably is going to have a pretty positive effect, I think, because I, I think just culturally he wasn't meshing well there. Now, do I think they're going to beat um, Oklahoma State? No. Uh, like I said, I would lay to be fair. I didn't think they'd beat Iowa State last week. Yeah, if if I had to pick a side, I would lay the ten and a half points with Oklahoma State. But after seeing what Tech did to Iowa State, knowing that the coach wasn't a great cultural fit there, and, and you know, knowing that Lubbock, when they kind of have it going, is a tough place to play. It's it's just enough to to scare me off where I, I'm not touching it. This game to me is almost the exact same case as the one we just talked about with the obvious caveat of the fact of where the game's located and the fact that tech's going to a bowl game as opposed to um, yeah. Nebraska, who is not, but you have an Oklahoma state team that is eight and one against the spread. They have been rolling. They just demolished TCU last week. So I don't love the hook here, but I'm laying the 10 and a half. I'm not going to overthink it and just say, look, they're yeah. the better team by a long shot. Oklahoma State at Tech in years past has either been a tight game or it's been a blowout. There's been no in-between. So this is, again, mm -hmm. one of those where I think it's going to be back and forth, wild and crazy, and you're going to be completely, you know, there's no way they're going to cover it. Or Oklahoma State does what they did last week. They're up by, you know, 30 at the half, and you don't even have to watch the rest of it. But the way Oklahoma State's yep. playing, I really like the way this team is coming together. And that defense is just fantastic. Yeah, real um, good. Yeah, so I can't I, believe that we're talking about a Big 12 I, defense the, the way that we're talking about Oklahoma State. I, I, I'm not surprised we're talking about a Big 12 defense this way. I'm surprised that it's Oklahoma State. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what's surprising. But, hey, next year we might have this with Tech, right, with their new head coach has talked about, you know, I know this is Tech and everything, but he started, he said, we're going to play defense next year. So, you know, yeah. the, what's the, you know, what's the other, right, the times they are changing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> North Texas at Florida International. North Texas is a nine-point road favorite. Florida International is not good. They may have given up uh, this season. I agree with you. Yeah, don't overthink this. Lay the points with North Texas. Lay the nine. The model has the spot on at nine as well, but North Texas is six and two against the spread. Florida International is two and seven against the spread. So one team has uh, been the right side to be on. The other team hasn't. I don't really see why that changes here because this number isn't a drastic overreaction. If, if this number had jumped out to 14, then I would say, hey, the books are trying to break that trend. But at this point, I don't think the books are trying to break that trend. I think the same thing is going to keep happening here. Um, North Texas gets an easy win here on the road. In my yeah, North Texas started out one and five, uh, actually one and six but they've won their past three games. And so if they win their next two, they are going to a bowl. Mm, unfortunately, last game is against UTSA. So that may well, not and, then, for you. and they might not go to a bowl right there. They are definitely one of those six win teams that may or may not yeah. because of like a fan base. Of course, there are enough random bowl games here in Texas that people might, someone might take them if they get to six because yeah, might travel. Yeah. So I don't know what the line's going to be next week, but potentially UTSA coming off a big win to cement their place in the conference USA championship game against a team that might need the win to become bowl eligible. It might be a bad, bad sandwich spot for UTSA. It might be just like last week for UTSA. Absolutely. Yeah. And then our last one of this segment, don't ever think it. Florida is a seven point road favorite at Missouri. So there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. 
I don't know if I yeah, can. Yeah, Sanford recall. scored like 100 last week against Florida. What the heck? Uh, 42 in the first half. Yeah. Unbelievable. Not, not, not Stanford. Samford. Yeah, yeah. Samford. Yeah. yeah, Sam yeah. Samford. Um, Although, to be fair, Stanford scoring that many in the half would also be noteworthy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it would. Um, so, I, what I was getting at was I don't know if I can remember a game that's going to have this many points where I have no interest in watching. Like, I, I do not care to watch one minute of this football game. So that kind of tells you where I'm at with, with Florida and Missouri. Even Missouri, who, who got me a win last week, I have no interest in watching yeah. any of this game. There will be lots of points, but I'm not going to be watching. There will be lots of points. I think when you have lots of points, take the favorite. Don't overthink it. Missouri's two and seven against the spread. Lay the yeah. seven with Florida. That's an official pick for me. Florida um, may rush for 450 yards. Florida is just going to run like crazy. Also, yeah. keep in mind, Missouri two and seven against the spread. Those last two wins were the last two weeks, but two weeks ago, their cover against Georgia happened solely because a Georgia defender could not fall on a ball in the end zone. And the fact mm. that that was a safety and not a touchdown got yeah. Missouri the cover there and then last week they got the cover against South Carolina as we talked about y'all Florida isn't good but they are no South Carolina so yeah, I yeah, don't overthink this just lay the seven with Florida yep. they might win by seven and that might push but uh, they are the much better side on this one one more new segment for us I'm calling this one talk me out of Clemson yeah since one yeah. of us always plays Clemson, this is the segment yeah. where we discuss and usually disagree on the most confusing and controversial team of the season. Uh, yeah. Wake Forest is at Clemson. Clemson is a three and a half point favorite. Cousin Jared, talk me out of Clemson. Uh, so we're 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 gonna do kind of the the three things that I feel like I know about this. So I feel like I know Wake Forest's offense is good enough to put up some points on Clemson's defense. Clemson's defense is very good, but I feel like you know, Wake Forest can get to the, the mid-20s, you know, good case, maybe maybe 28 points or something like that. It's going to be strength on strength. going to be a really interesting matchup on that side of the ball. Yeah. I also feel like I, I know that while Wake Forest's defense is not definitely not good, what has Clemson shown us this year that makes you think they could score over, like, 31 points? Like, I mean, is – is that possible? I, I I don't know. I'm not, not expecting an answer to that question. I, I don't know if they can. They have, you know, ex excluding a uh, fumble return for a touchdown as time expires that maybe caused somebody to lose bet or something like that. Like, you know, I, I don't know if that's happened. So so those are the first two. But the third thing is, yeah, yeah, hypothetical. Um, but the third thing is, is Clemson just loves playing in these close games. Every game they play, at the very least, even if it ends up being like a 10-point game, it, it's close all the way through. So with that in mind, official play for me here, I, I'm taking the three and a half points with, with Wake Forest. Uh, I, I, you know, had, Wake Forest short favorite last week uh, got me the win. Uh, so getting the three and a half points against Clemson, I think they'll be able to keep it close enough. Uh, I'm going to take the three and a half points. So the model says Clemson minus six and a half. It's a pass for me right now. I, I need to look into this one more. <laughs> Here's what I will say about Clemson is that I've been on the right side of Clemson now four or I think five actually four or five weeks in a row with the exception that last week I backed them against UConn and they failed to cover against UConn. UConn returns the opening kick for a touchdown. I, on the pod last week I was talking to, to, to Jack about this. I said, 
look at a team total for UConn under, maybe it's probably going to be like four or something stupid, <laughs> but how is UConn going to score? UConn returns the opening kick for a touchdown and then that's yeah. it. They don't score yeah. again. That doesn't happen. And Clemson yeah. covers this number. Clemson also had multiple times. They got stopped going and trying to score on the goal line. So, I mean, I feel like Clemson was the right side there. They just couldn't quite get there with that giant number. I mean, it was such a yeah. large number um, yeah. points to lay there. But if you go back the week before that, uh, I was with you. We had Clemson and they covered the week before that. I had Clemson against Florida State, which was a miracle cover, but it was a cover yeah. Yeah. nonetheless. Uh, the week before that, I faded Clemson against Pittsburgh. Got that one. The week before that, I faded Clemson against uh, Syracuse in that Friday night game and got that one. So, you know, we're kind of one in the last five weeks. I'm four and one with Clemson. One of those wins probably shouldn't have happened. One of those losses probably shouldn't have happened. So it's probably yeah. a four and one that's probably about a true four and one. So my model's yeah. pegging Clemson pretty well, I think, which gives me a little bit of faith in Clemson. Um, given the fact the model's a six and a half, but it's one I want to look into. It's going to be interesting. It's very, it's very much strength on strength and weakness on weakness. Yep. And what does that yep. mean for this game? It's going to be fascinating to watch. I think it's going to be a really good game. We could have easily put this in the games you care about segment. It's one yeah. of the most interesting yep. games of the week. I just thought this was a fun segment because we always talk about Clemson for yeah. way longer than we should. But I mean, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, you, you've got one of the most fun and best offenses in the country in Wake Forest against one of the best defenses in the country in Clemson. And you've got yep. one of the worst defenses in the country <laughs> Wake yeah. Forest you saw how they blew that North Carolina game that yeah. I think we were all on Wake Forest on um, gave up 56 points to Army which is just like difficult to do like if, if you just let Army get like six yards every time they're going to take off 10 minutes of the clock it's very difficult to do that right right but it gets a Clemson offense like you said I have, I have very little faith in in Clemson yeah. offense that I think is playing a little bit better now the running game seems to be going a little bit more but yeah. I'm still not really sold on that Clemson offense. So there's yeah, yeah strength on strength and weakness on the weakness will make for a really interesting game. So it's a pass for me yep. for now, but uh, we'll see how I feel on this one and see what the number does going to Saturday. Which brings us to our last segment, our old standby here, After Dark. If you're a night owl who loves college football, this is the segment for you. There is one After Dark game we are not gonna touch. That's Louisiana Monroe at LSU. Uh, neither one of us have anything to say about that one based off where the spread is anything interesting. So we're going to move right to New Mexico at Boise State. Boise State is a 27-point home favorite. Boise is like they're, – they're almost I'm done with, I, with I, them team. <laughs> I figured they would be an I'm done with them team based off of I, uh, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I just, I just can't quite bring myself to do it because they're Boise, I think. Um, but yeah, so gosh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna pretend like I pretended one week like I knew what was going on with Boise, but uh, clearly I, I don't. So uh, you know, I'm no, no play here for me. I'm not even gonna pretend like I can say anything intelligent about a Boise State game. Yeah, Boise State last week had one of many um, just awful bad beats uh, that mm. I was a part of. They were outside of the number time running down and allow a 70 yard pass play with like five seconds to go on just a normal pass play. Yeah. Not a weird, you know, 10 lateral, not a Hail Mary, just a normal pass play. And the guy just runs for 70 yards. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Um, it was definitely one of the top 10 bad beats of the season. Yeah. 
Otherwise, Boise was the right side for that one, and they cover that one. I'm going back to the well. I'm laying to 27 with Boise, official pick. The model thinks 31 and a half. New Mexico is really bad. I think Boise State just manhandles them and runs away with it. Mm. Uh, it's a late game. Hopefully, it's a late game that we don't have to care about too much because it's uh, 35 to 3 at the half, and you know that they're running away with it. Right. Arizona State is a short two-and-a-half-point favorite at Oregon State. And these two teams, I have to say, are quite confusing. I think we have oscillated on these two teams between their garbage and they might be the best team in the Pac-12. For sure, definitely. And I don't know – I don't actually know where the truth is. Probably somewhere in the middle like most things, I guess. Yeah. Well, this this is easy for me. Arizona State is one of the teams that I'm done with. So I've I've got – yeah, I've got nothing nothing here, um, you know. I, I guess that should probably tell me something when I'm like, hey, I'm done with Arizona State. Well, maybe I should take the team that I'm not done with because clearly the team that I'm, I'm done with has done something offensive to me. But it could go, um, but it could go either way, right? Because it could just be that it's bouncing back and forth, right? So I don't think it's that Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, definitely if I had to pick a side, I'd pick Oregon State here, but two and a half points, that's, that's not enough. So this is completely staying away from this thing. Although not to derail us too much here, but how – after all of the chaos with the Memphis unders, is Memphis not on your list of teams you're done with? Well, see, here's the thing with Memphis. I was right. <laughs> That's the problem. I was right. I was wrong when they actually account for who wins and who loses, but I was on the right side of those bets. Like some of these teams that I'm done with, like it was just, I was just so wrong that there was just no coming back from it so yeah this is arizona state falls in that court i'm just i've been wrong on them so many times this year it's just not and i get I, I of course i get what you're saying but the words that you just said were really funny if you rewind and listen to uh, them. yeah i know but, i was right but look when you account for the actual <laughs> score i was yeah, yeah, wrong yeah, i was wrong but but i, was I get right. what you're saying i get what yeah, you're saying but you know you know what i'm saying yes those memphis those memphis totals were some really bad beats there for you yeah um hey best bet for me here on the after dark segment i'm laying to two and a half with arizona state the model thinks it should be four and a half so i'm kind of breaking a little bit of a rule here and taking a pac 12 game as a best bet but here's the thing is i think there's a lot of value on this number at two and a half i think this number gets to three by kickoff maybe even out to three and a half so i think at two and a half it's too good to pass up so again i'm gonna kind of double down for lack of a better analogy and say best bet on Arizona State here. I don't really know what's going to happen in this game. I just love the fact that it's under three. And again, Arizona State is the better team. Oregon State has been all over the map. Arizona State's been all over the map. But Arizona State's all over the map has been at a higher level than yeah. Oregon State's all over the map, Yeah, whatever that's worth. So uh, a best bet mainly just because of the value on the number at this point. And then our last game for the podcast here, another Island special Colorado state at Hawaii. Colorado state is a short uh, one and a half, two point favorite um, at the moment. What's your take on this one? So uh, this is not an official play for me yet, but it will be whenever, um, you know, we, we mentioned we got our lines from bet online this week, whenever there is a money line available at bet online, I will probably make this uh, an official play for me on the money line there. If it were to get out to two and a half or three, de- like definitely if you got three, I'd take the three points in, instead of uh, that. But if it sticks around in this one and a half or two area, I- I'm going to take the money line with, with Hawaii. Um, Colorado State's not very good. They also seem to be not very well coached based on like the cacophony of just like bad errors that they've made this year that you can almost purely chalk up to, to coaching. So a, a seemingly not fundamentally sound and not, you know, 
well-coached team going on the road to the islands just seems like a perfect spot for Hawaii to get a win. So uh, that's kind of my hard-hitting analysis on this one. As soon as the money line drops, I'll probably be jumping on Hawaii. I like what you said there. I agree with you. I'm waiting as well. There's nothing that's making me run to the window here to get a one and a half or a, a two-point ticket. Um, see where the number goes. If it gets to three, see how the money line looks. Hawaii's been a very easy team to peg this year. It's called if they're on the island, back them. And if they're on the mainland, <laughs> don't. I think you'd be like seven and one or something like that if you wow. just took that advice. Um, I don't have anything coded into the analysis to do this. I mentioned on Twitter, I should, I should look at the historical data and see um, what sort of swing they usually have. I don't know how common this is. I know they talk about this as a thing, but I don't know. I don't have the data offhand to back it up, but I do think that if you were to take my model projections and you were to say blindly, anytime Hawaii's on the road versus anytime they're home, alter the home field advantage to be some ridiculous number like six or something like that. I think you'd actually be a better projection by a long shot um, wow. than, and there's no other team I think you could say that about. So I don't, again, I don't know if that's just this year, if weird yeah. COVID stuff is affecting that. Um, I, I can't, I can't explain it. It's just been the way it's gone. And so um, without any of that calculation, my model thinks that Colorado State should be a one and a half, two point favorite, which is right where they are. But knowing the way that Hawaii has played so much better at home and then exactly what you talked about, I think Hawaii is the right side here. And I'm like, you, yeah, if it gets a three, I like it. If not, we'll just take the money line and uh, say this is a, a toss up game. And so in a toss up game, I like getting good yep. odds because in the long run, that's going to help build our bankroll. And that wraps up another episode of Picks with the Professor. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe or follow if you aren't already that way. Next week's episode will appear in your feed when it first releases and you can go get the best of the number. And as always, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>